From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Innovators radio show and podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned thought leaders, founders, and game changers committed to ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship well executed. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes purpose-driven entrepreneurs and game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by executive producer of Stanford Athletics, Beyond the Champions, radio show, and principal of Podfather Media, Tom Dioro. Today, we're honored, really honored, and uh, excited to be joined by Terry Drive co-founder and CEO of Future Proof Advisors. Terry is a, uh, I love this, future-facing marketer, entrepreneur, strategic advisor, CEO, and coach who has founded, grown, and reinvented companies for over 25 years. Feel free to visit their website at futureproofadvisors.com. That's futureproofadvisors.com. Hello, Terry. Again, we're really excited, and uh, I'm really thrilled to have you on the Innovator Show today. Thank you very much for being here. Well, thanks, Tom, for having me. It's good to see you. Likewise. Terry, what quote, and you said you had a lot of them, uh, that really kind of moves your, I don't know if it moves your sales is the right word, is the wind in your sails, so to speak, on a day-to-day basis, that once in a while you just tap into mentally or, or even emotionally to kind of keep you going and uh, um, keep you the way you are, Terry? Well, it's funny. There's kind of two, but the one I, I live by in my businesses is change is inevitable, struggle is optional. And it's really sort of the mantra that I I embrace every day. And that's kind of why our company is called Future Proof Advisors, which is there's always going to be change, like no matter. And we live in a a time when the pace of change is quicker, faster than ever. But there's so many people or so much in our own minds where we bump up against it and struggle. And I always just like to remind myself, this change is going to happen, but the struggling against it is totally optional. So if I take that off the table, I can innovate, I can grow, and that's what life's all about. So for me, that's just a great one that I live by. To live by your quotes, oftentimes we have them just as a, a reminder, but you're actually living that, and you've got f- future-proof advisors. I love that name. How did you come up with that? I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but really, did, was it was something you really focused on? You sat down and thought about, or it just kind of came to you? No, I really did think about it. I had a bunch of different names because it was funny. I kind of fell into advising companies. I didn't sort of set out to do it. I had had my whole past of having successful companies and had a successful exit and those things. And then all of a sudden, I started getting calls of like, hey, can I pick your brain about this? Would you join my board meeting? Would you be a guest and talk? And so... I did all those things and then I was like, oh, this is this is helpful. But in my whole life, I've always just gravitated towards what's next. What's the future bring? How do we, you know, I'm, I'm a strategic thinker, I guess, in general. I just, I like things like that. So the concept was when I was meeting these companies, I'm like, I want to help future-proof you. You know, I just want to help you be prepared for it. And so it just kind of rolled off my tongue one day and I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting name that that makes sense for like, I was thinking of other ideas, but it's all about what we're trying to do is really help people embrace the future and then really, really thrive in it. Hey, Terry, this is a little personal question, but why does that matter so much to you personally to actually see companies profit and prosper? 
um, it just means everything. It's really, it's just, it's more about life, right? I mean, why it means something personally to me is just um, growth, you know, like I love growth and it's funny. I was, <laughs> I was referring to a, another quote and one of these, this, this is a, a quote from Da Vinci <laughs> that I loved, which was people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things and they essentially they went out and made things happen and uh that's something that i always lead my businesses by being proactive being resourceful but why it matters to me is i just want to see people happy you know i want to see people thriving i want to see the world be a better place and that starts with people and so if you can have businesses that i try to focus on that are sort of future facing or forward thinking or doing something new like I love the concept of using technology to improve people's experiences, you know, and just make life better because there's so much abundance we have in the world if we tap into it. So that's why I'm always looking forward. I'm like, that, it's just exciting to me what the future brings. Terry, how, uh, if you can go back as far as you can, were there any galvanizing moment or moments where that really resonates, resonated with you? About focusing that, on the future and the and the level of growth and what it makes and how people feel about it. Yeah, I, it's funny when you said go back. I was thinking like I, I wasn't the greatest student. <laughs> I didn't love school, and it turns out I didn't know this till I was older. But I had all the traits of an entrepreneur. Like, well, he doesn't really like authority. <laughs> doesn't really like to be told what to do. And I feel like such a jerk, you know, and that, that was kind of how it is. But I, when I go back to it in my head, to your point of like, I was in school and I was like, how can I figure out my way through school? How do I get out of here as fast as possible so I can go out into the real world and make an impact, make something happen, run a business, lead a business, go out into the world. Like school for me, it's only now when I look back going, oh my God, you were a complete jerk. You totally, you know, like um, blew this opportunity. And I just was like so focused on, I want to go grow things. I want to build things. And I like building things that help people. And I just wanted to go do that. And school for me felt like it was in my way. So, which is just totally wrong and totally backwards. But that was what I felt, which was, this is holding me back from whatever I'm out there supposed to do. And, uh, and that was kind of, and I still did okay in school. I was fine, but it just was like from the earliest for me, I just was like, I want to build businesses and do things that, that, that make an impact. So it was early on and it was obnoxious. <laughs> how about you? Like how, how did like, what was the thing for you that kind of got you into being the podfather, which is my favorite thing ever? Oh, thank you very much. What really comes down to, and, I, and this is a question, and I'll put it back to you, not for convenience sake, Terry, but <clears throat> that complete jerk. It's interesting you said that a couple of times, of being a complete jerk, because I know you definitely are not. <clears throat> How The reason I say that I think you're not is not to, not to make you, you know, kiss your ass on that, but I, I mean it because I think you're so focused on prospering your client yeah. And you're so emphatic about it that it's almost kind of like a, a, a pound the desk type of, look, I see where you are. I see where you want to go. You've shared what you want to do, how you want to do it, and what it's going to mean to you. This is a direction that's going to get you there, contrary to your own you know, paradigm at the moment. 
And so it comes across as very curt, that's being kind, curt or a jerk. What's your thought on that? In that because you're so passionate about your client's prosperity and their, uh, uh, just them achieving with the optimizing themselves that your energy can come across as that jerk. You think there's truth to that or am, am I reaching? Um, no, I think I always qualified it enough to not truly be an asshole, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I like to play one on TV, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just try, I think I'm just passionate about helping people get what they want out of their lives. And one of the fun things that we do when we advise companies is we start with personal, you know, it's sort of like you just asked me personal, but so many people leap ahead to what's this business going to do? How do I make profit? What's, instead of like, you know, you set up a business, especially an entrepreneur, you set it up originally so that the business serves the life you want to live. But ultimately, everybody falls into the trap of they become a servant to their own business. And so we try to peel that layer back and go, what do you want out of this? Why are you doing it? You know, and you try to get you understand someone's ego, you understand financial needs, you understand all those pieces, but what is your personal why? What is your purpose? And then what do you want this to look like in the end? What's the outcome? And so many people bring us on to be this like advisory board slash coach slash consultant slash networker, all these things that we do to kind of keep them focused on the 30,000 macro point of view because it is so easy to go back down into the weeds. And that's what so many people tend to do. And I was guilty of this. It's what I've done in my own businesses, which is why I've set out to do this business back to your original question, which is I've created the company that I wish I had mm -hmm. on my first entrepreneurial venture, on my first journey. We were just going, 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 and we didn't have a board. We didn't have advisors and we could have gotten a lot further faster with a lot less stress and a lot more happiness. Had we surrounded ourselves with, with experts who've kind of been there, done that and my job is like, I'm like, okay, I made mistakes. I learned a lot. Now I want to help you avoid those things and get what you want. Because at the end of the day, I've been really fortunate in life and I've been fortunate to have success. And now it's like my pleasure is helping others have success and achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And so hopefully that answers your question of like, that's my passion. And But to, but to your point, if I ever find someone where I'm like, Jesus, I care more about your company than you do. Then it's like, okay, well, then we shouldn't work together because if I'm stressing out about this and I don't even own it, um, then that might be a problem. And those things happen too. Yeah. Well, I'll go back to the question you asked me to not evade it is the purpose is I, I always look at everybody that I <clears throat> encounter or meet, befriend or however, is uh, if I'm not able to in, in empower, enrich or prosper their lives in any fashion, I'm really not being very useful for them. Right. And I don't mean being used by them, but I mean useful with them, not just for them, but with them. So I take that into business as well. To me, business is very personal. In fact, our tagline, you know, using leveraging the, uh, the pod father is real human connection. And I value that even more now that we're in that did the digital age, because I really right. see that if you have that real human connection, it's, it's a strategic advantage and people will feel that you really care at a, uh, um, a one-on-one -on -one level. Now, I can't guarantee that, but 
I think that that's important going into, I know we're doing almost in 2023, but even beyond 2023, you know, for life or legacy is to actually facilitate real human connection and understand that it's really priceless when you have meaningful conversations like, you know, with extraordinary people like yourself, that it is priceless to have those. And what comes about from those, uh, those exchanges for the two people involved or several people involved is tremendous, but also for an audience to feel that and have an understanding, there's a quantifiable value. And if you want to put bean counters to it, you can say, you know, some of the things that you've said before, we're not even halfway through the show yet, Terry, is it if they applied a mindset that you've shared, that it's quantifiable six figures, even seven figures in their business or organization of growth that they would experience if they at least had some of the mindset you're talking about. So that's why I do what I do and I'll continue to do it. I don't know anything else to do. I mean, I know there's other things, but, <laughs> but really that real human connection, however it is, if it's standing on your head for a minute and a half, whatever it takes to actually connect with people at a very real authentic level, that's timeless. Go for it. That's, that's yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, and, and that's why you and I get along, right? It's just we want to bring value to people and we want to be helpful. And if we can't, then we'll tell you, you know, and, and then we'll try to introduce you to someone who can, you know, because it's just there's too many people, at least from where I sit, who go on the entrepreneurial journey, which is risky and hard, and they set out to build a company and then they're miserable. And I'm like, oh, God, there's just uh, there's <laughs> – life's too short to be miserable and you need to be doing what you're passionate about, what you love. And for me, this has been, you know, a few years of advising and doing this, which I never thought I would do. And um, it, it does, it brings me great joy to see companies thrive and, and just be helpful and add value to your point, which is, it's, it's really a nice feeling to help. And then I got to say also, when I have see people going down the rabbit hole that I might have or f about to fall into a trap that I fell into to be able to have a conversation with somebody and tell them exactly how I screwed that one thing up mm -hmm. so that they can avoid it. I, I will hang up and go, okay, that's why I went through this trauma, you know, in my business or why something I went by, went through this 10 years ago so that I could help this person 10 years later, not go through it. And, uh, and that is really gratifying and, and, and satisfying. And certainly the person on the other end probably just did really well as a result of my screw up. Oh, this is a terrific show. It's also the innovator show, KZSU Stanford. We're talking today with Terry Dry, co-founder and CEO of Future Proof Advisors. For more information, feel free to visit their website at futureproofadvisors.com. That's futureproofadvisors.com. Terry, go back to the, you said with great joy, great joy. What's interesting is I've seen from your work and uh, obviously your website and other, and other um, publications and media platforms that you've been on, you're able to quantify how do you get to that great joy. How, you know, without giving away your whole secret sauce, please, what strategically formula, formula do you have when you approach a new client to get them on that, hey, you know what, at the end of this, whether it's a year or two years, whatever it is, you're, we want you to experience that great joy and actually you're going to actually map it out. How the hell do you do that? Well, we do it together. I mean, it's a good question, Tom, and, 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 uh, and everyone is different. And that's, the, it starts with, Really, it's almost an interview, you know, where I really sit down and talk to them and understand. And it's personal. 
where are you at in your life? What do you want? What do you really want? You know, because sometimes, you know, I'm talking to their ego rather than themselves. And just try to unpack what they want out of their life and then how and then what do they want out of their business? And we start there. And when we do that, we then our process is we do some goal setting. And we create, like, we literally try to create, like, a one-pager, sometimes it turns into two, of what we call, like, your, your North Star, your North Star alignment. And it's got every sort of category. Certainly there's financial, there's personal, there, there are all those things. But then there's all the supportive things that your business can do from marketing to growth opportunities, exit opportunities, you know, how much money do you want to make? What do you want? Out of your, all these things on sort of a grid, right? And we fill them out together. And it's a session after the interview. And so that the reason we do it after the interview is because typically somebody comes in there and, oh, well, I want, you know, $100 million. And then I could just say, bullshit. You know, you told me you want to live on a beach in Hawaii or you told me you want to live here. And so you can really kind of hone them in and kind of keep them accountable to what they really want, not maybe what their ego or they think the business wants. And by doing that, we kind of build out this whole North Star and then we start to support it with what does it need? Like, what's the strategic plan that will get us to this? But I will tell you, Tom, I've got some people that we advise where it's sort of a 10-year plan. There's other people, it's a one-year plan. There's other people where they're like, I'm not sure yet, you know? So let me, let's have, I reserve the right to change what I want the outcome to be. So then we stair-step it. And what we do, though, is we call back to that because how many people create their plan, right? This is, we're talking at the end of the year, right? So, so many people do their end of the year plan or the beginning of the year plan, and then they make the plan, they're all excited, and then they never look at it again um, for a year, or they forget about it, or, you know, it just, things happen. So, the idea is we keep focusing on what that is, and then we build a strategic plan to support it. What are the strategic initiatives that have to happen, and like no more than 10, what has to happen to support all the things in our North Star and then what are that's a plan. And then what are the initiatives? And then where we really jump in is we help you implement it. We advise you and we continually work on it together. So we don't just set it like a consultant would or something and go, here's your plan. Good luck to you. It's like, OK, we're in this with you. We're, we're your advisory board. We're part of this. And then we're going to help bring it along. But we're going to bring the discipline of. Let's make sure we're looking at the financials. Let's make sure we're tracking against what our strategic plan is. And then I'll do the check-in of, hey, are you happy? <laughs> like, how's this going? You having fun? Mm -hmm. Are you spending the time with your family that you said you wanted to? Are you, are you writing your book that you said you wanted to do? Whatever it is to keep reminding everybody of what that is, what that goal is. And it, in some ways, it's kind of like an accountability partner as well. And just helping them get further faster. And that's... And, and enjoy themselves along the way. And that's kind of the mantra and that's the formula. But I would say the formula is really what our partner company makes it, you know, that's how they use it. There's a quote I've said for years and years in my, in my own head. And I, I, it's a, it's off of, uh, Ernst and Young had an ad, but I, I evolved it, uh, in 98. I remember exactly 1998. And I always thought, well, what if you did, if you did the equivalent of there isn't a business that we can't help profit. Do you ever look at a business, even if it's a dry cleaner and say, look at them and say, I, I understand how to actually 
proper prosper, profit and prosper this business or this organization? Is there a, a company you couldn't help? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Good. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm not that great, but thank you for thinking I am, Tom. That's really awesome. I think. <laughs> I'm going to have you talk to my wife and kids. Sure. Uh, <laughs> nightly, by the way. Um, but uh, sure, I mean, we actually stay focused in sort of three key verticals, actually. So, um, and that's where we've had success, like marketing and advertising agencies, which I've built one, successfully exited one, all that, uh, a SaaS business. SaaS business as well, which we'd also built and had an exit with. And then we work a lot with e-com companies. So when you say looking at a dry cleaner or laundry, like I really wouldn't know. In fact, I look at that and go, boy, that's a tough business. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. Um, so I try to stay in my lane. I think it's kind of a discipline of like, what do you say no to? So we know like what our verticals are and what the sort of expertise is. But sure, there are, but to answer your question, sure, are there times where I'm like, God, that could probably be more efficient or I wonder what it is. But it's funny. I don't always focus on the profit. I focus on how could they serve their customers better? How can they be better at what they do? And because that will in turn give them profit. So I don't just go. It's funny. I don't think of it like, oh, they could profit more. I think of it like how can they make raving fans out of their customers because then all the good things will happen. So then that's my background is more consumer engagement and word of mouth marketing. So maybe that's what I lean towards. So in that case, when I go to the dry cleaner, <clears throat> I am thinking about how can they make their customer experience better? But I may be, and then in my puny mind, I'm like, well, that's probably going to turn into profit. If they, you know, if they make it better for their customers, that it's a rare day when that, that doesn't turn into profit. Wow. Well, along that beauty mind that you said, all it takes is a faith of a mustard seed. So you're in great company. So am I. Oh, that's, all, that's all that's needed. Oh, Terry, exact, you're sharing exactly what uh, a lot of firms just are just on, on the, the podcast, the Innovators podcast. You're sharing exactly what companies haven't heard or maybe don't want to hear. Is there also an ego component when you're talking with founders and, and presidents and leadership of an organization? Totally. Yeah. And, and uh, you try to, I think where I, we get, where we're successful is we've been there. You know, we've done it and we're continuing to do it. We have our own ventures currently. So I always say, like, I practice what I preach. Like, I'm not just some guy that's had success and now I just talk about it. Like I, I try to help companies, but I'm also building my own companies at the same time, which keeps me current and keeps me honest. But yeah, you have to be able to tell the truth. You have to be able to call people out on it. And it's funny, the more um, blunt or, or just straight to the point I am with everybody, like it seems like the more they appreciate it, but it all comes from foundational trust. You know, you have to sort of start somewhere, understand each other. And I'm always super clear on like, this is, I'm here for you. Like, I want to help you get what you want. So if I'm ever being challenging someone's ego or whatever, it's because I'm spitting back to them something they've already told me, you know, it's not like I'm trying to drive an agenda or I'm telling them what to do. I, I'm trying to help them with their vision, their strategy, all those things. But ultimately, um, if we're working together, it means we're pretty much aligned with what they're doing and what they're trying to do and believe very much in them. And so there's an element of coaching that goes into that too, of just keeping people honest. It's a two-way street. 
<laughs> I like them to call me on it too. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of play. It's what like, again, like I said, I wish I had had a board or an advisory board or a board of directors. I never had that, but it's what, now that I've seen it, like what you hope and expect for these people are invested with you. Their job is to help you, you know, achieve your goals, not to be, you know, a pain in the ass, but we're all, you know, I always say we're all on the same side of the table and I'm trying to get you somewhere. And sometimes people need to hear that core truth or they need to your ego point. You you have somebody like, well, I want to make this a hundred million dollar company. And let's say they're at 10 million. I'm like, you told me you want to be out of here in three years. You want to exit by a certain age. And you told me your number was 20 million for instance. I'm just making this up. Mm -hmm. And now you're telling me a hundred, like, who am I talking to? (laughs) Am I talking to you, your ego or whatever? And then like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm like, so if I offered you $20 million for the company right now, would you say no? And they're like, no, no, no. I, I'd say yes. I'm like, okay. So let's cut the shit and let's 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 get down to business. And that can just help uh, sort of reset. Yeah, you say reset that. Go into that just a little bit more. That reset it helps them reset. Well, you're asking me about ego, and and it is you know ego is a real thing. And just in business, people can be competitive. People just want what they want. Uh, meaning, you know, they'll just set a number because that seems like a number that will impress their spouse or their parents or themselves uh, as an exit, or they want a certain amount of market share, or they want a certain product to happen, or they want a certain creative execution to happen. And all those things are great if you're passionate about it for the right reasons. But sometimes, you know, it's, you know, competitiveness that'll get in the way. And that can be you know, a real tough thing, you know, they're comparing to their friends and what's that? There's a great quote, right? Comparison is the thief of joy, mm-hmm. you know? So somebody's looking at all that and they're just doing it for the wrong reasons rather than what they want. So sometimes when I say a reset, it's like, hold on, I hear you clearly. Did you change your mind? Because what we always talked about was X, Y, and Z, but now I'm hearing something different. Totally okay if you've changed your mind, but something tells me you haven't. So let's just reset for a minute and check in with what is your real goal here? And sometimes just that little conversation will sort of reset everybody, reset what we're trying to do, keep everybody focused. And then there are times where they're like, you know what? I changed my mind. Um, We're doing really well. I'm making a good living. Everything's cool. I don't really want to sell my company or I don't really want to pivot into this other industry. I'm happy with this and I want to just keep growing this way. And my new priority is I want to play golf three times a week. Um, you just, and then everyone's allowed that, but it's, it's just trying to, you know, just stay, stay focused. And that's where I use the term reset sometimes. Excellent. You're listening to the innovators podcast. We're talking today with Terry dry co-founder and CEO of future proof advisors for more information feel free to visit their website at futureproofadvisors.com. Again, that's futureproofadvisors.com. Our, uh, Terry's public service announcement for his show today is through the Giving Spirit. The Giving Spirit mission is to provide aid to vulnerable and fragile lives by assembling and personally distributing survival kits to the children, women, and families living on the streets of Los Angeles. These kits contain over 70 individual items providing sustenance to the homeless in their time of need. Their efforts have personally and positively impacted the lives of volunteers and our homeless friends from Skid Row to Santa Monica. For more information, you can visit their website at thegivingspirit.org. Again, thegivingspirit.org.
org. Terry, on the topic of trust, <clears throat> this is my personal take is I like to folks to believe, you know, if you don't love me, that's fine, but you got to be able to trust me. And that doesn't mean you don't make bad decisions. You don't do things that are not right, but you have to be able to correct them and correct them in real time as much as possible. What's your thought on the importance of trust in business? Trust is everything, you know, um, uh, I'm a handshake guy, even though, you know, there's, <laughs> there's contracts and all that to me, I've got to be able to trust you number one. And to me, it's everything in business and in life. And, uh, I don't know if it's my Midwestern boy upbringing. I grew up in Chicago and people are always like, well, you're just a good boy. I was smart enough to move to Los Angeles for good weather, um, <laughs> even though it's a great place to be from. But yeah, for me, it's, it's everything's about trust and, and, and the relationship. And it's all built on that foundation of can I trust you? And then you hope that you like them too. Usually those things come hand in hand. But that's number one. And it's funny, when I met you, Tom, you know, I got referred to you because as the pod father and there were people that we're working with that were doing podcasts and I asked for your help and I asked for your advice and we built trust because you were really honest and you were, you were spectacular. You're like, these guys are doing great. Here's how I can help. But you were just, you know, very, very open, honest, and to me, trustworthy. You weren't trying to sell me something. You weren't trying to do anything. You were offering your expertise and offering your value and trying to have a value exchange. And that's a huge compliment, you know, to you. I'm not surprised by that at all, but that's where I feel like we got along because it was like, okay, I can trust him. He's, he's not trying to twist something or sell something. He's actually complimenting the people that I work with saying, no, this is great. What they're doing is great. Um, and that's a real, real value of, of trust. But to me, it's, it's everything. And, and if people are listening to this and they're unsure of trusting someone or going into business, like I always advise break bread with them, like have a meal, just be, you know, have a real conversation, just get to know somebody and also trust your gut. Because so many times you might be like, mm, I don't know about this person. And that might, your intuition may be right. Or even if you, they're not as trustworthy, you at least know. You kind of know who you're playing with. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. The uh, exit. You also talked a bit about the exit. Uh, I don't know. I think it was Sun Tzu. Probably many other philosophers and religious spiritual folks that uh, talk about like begin with the end in mind. Yeah, is that is or reverse engineering? I think is the the business type term. Is that something that is plugged into your strategy as well? Yeah, so that's exactly what the North Star okay. uh, strategy is. So when we go through what is our goal, what is the North Star? The whole thing is what is the outcome you want? You know, our whole thing is we're trying to increase profitability, but also like we want to drive future proofed outcomes. Like what is the outcome you want, and then let's work our way back from there. And more often than not, not always, but more often than not, someone wants some kind of exit or liquidity event. You know, we're dealing with emerging and mid-market companies. So the companies we work with are between $5 million and $100 million in revenue. And those people are typically entrepreneurs, somebody who started their own business. And they're like, hey, I've been doing this for 10 years, 20 years, and I'd like to see some kind of liquidity event. At that. That's usually what we hear. And so we'll start with, okay, what is that? How much is it? What do you want it to be? Why? And then do you want to still work in it? What are you? And then you start backing out of that. No question. If you don't know the outcome then you're, that you want, 
then you're just running around and uh, and you can kind of find your way to an outcome. But I always find that if you're not shooting towards something, that's where the problem happens, where you become a servant to your own business versus the business is serving the life you want to lead. We'll and yeah, so that yeah, that's how we look at it. But I assume you hear that a lot with innovators. Like you want to grow something, build something, innovate something, and then have it go on its way. That's how I look at the ventures we do. Like I want to incubate it, grow it, build it, and then I want to watch it flourish, which is just so fun. Yes. <laughs> but I, do you? Is Absolutely. that kind of what you get when with your guests yes. as well, and, and with yourself? Yes, there's a, there's a common thread from everybody, regardless of their marketplace skill set or uh, industry and that usually is a couple things one it's the grit grit's very important to be able to stick with something because things don't always most often if you go back to your quote about change is uh is um, I can't inevitable. Right, is inevitable yeah. in my own writing yeah. here change is inevitable but struggles optional is that's going yeah. to happen no matter what what you go towards right. that thread but there's also a, pre- a level of perseverance that everybody has they really do, regardless of their culture, their background. They just have it. There's just a thread of commonality that's baseline with everybody who's either a founder, a CEO, typically founders, um, more so than just CEOs, but if they're founders and CEOs for sure, that I just enjoy because I understand there's a, there's been – usually there's a, some sort of traumatic event or t- a collection of traumatic events in their lives early that led them to have to be able to be a really a major problem solver. And that's why they just couldn't basically trust the institutions to care for them, so to speak. I mean, <laughs> really, it is like, you know what, if, you, if it's to be, it's up to me kind of thing. It really is. Yeah. And that's, and I, for years I've been thinking, is that something you can teach? I think you can. I think you can teach it to a degree. But somebody, if somebody doesn't have a, a real open heart and open mind to go, how do I do this whole thing? Um, it's, it's tough to, uh, to just injected in, into somebody and they all have it all of a sudden uh, you can be an inspiration but uh it's tough to really do that so you know it does take just a small people to really make it a major positive difference in a lot of people's lives and you definitely are doing it with what you're doing terry and and i'll close out with with this is what would you like to share that we haven't talked about on the show for your audience today uh, yeah i will first i really appreciate what you just said and i agree and not everybody's wired to be that way and that's totally fine by the way, um, just be, you know, hopefully be a good person, live a good life. The, the thing that I would share for anyone who considers themselves an innovator, you know, or wants to be an innovator is my kind of number one rule is just be resourceful. And when I say resourceful, it's like, don't ever try to solve a problem that's already been solved. And that goes with how you're building your business, how you're building your product, how you're innovating something. You might have the greatest idea And then people run around trying to build things that have already been built. And I think we live in a world now where you can be so incredibly resourceful to get the the right answer is everywhere. It's probably just on Google, you know, or the right resources anywhere, whether it's Fiverr or whatever. Like we live in an unbelievable time where you can everything is sort of at your fingertips. And what I encourage people, and I find this happens all the time, people try to build things themselves, do things themselves instead of leveraging either uh, technology, tools, people, just be resourceful and just kind of know that like the right answer is out there somewhere. Your job to go find it. It doesn't mean that you have to go do it. And that's where the don't try to solve problems that have already been solved. 
And I find a lot with entrepreneurs or innovators, they're trying to innovate everything when they just like innovate your one thing and then network and be resourceful for everything else. So if that's a piece of advice that could be helpful to any of your listeners, um, that's something that I wish I understood better years ago. And uh, I think uh, I'm still learning, right? Still trying to grow and be better at it. But that's what I would say. Terry, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you as a guest today. Thank you very much, truly. Thanks, Tom. It's been great to be on here with you. And I love chatting with you. And I appreciate you uh, having me as a guest. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. You've been listening to the Innovators Podcast Show. I'm Tom Dior. Our guest today was Terry Dry, co-founder and CEO of Future Proof Advisors. Terry is a future-facing marketer, entrepreneur, strategic advisor, CEO, and coach who has found, grown, and reinvented companies for over 25 years. For more information, feel free to visit her website at futureproofadvisors.com. Futureproofadvisors.com. Thank you for listening. The Innovators radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Stanford, California, and on location. The audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos and chief engineer Mark Lawrence. And the executive producer of The Innovators is Tom Dioro.